Hi, and welcome to the Scopio's audiobook, The Year Time Stopped. Each week, we will be launching new episodes from each chapter of the book, and each week, you will hear mind-blowing interviews, as well as get to know the artists behind the amazing pictures and stories featured in the book. Chapter 5, Lockdown Lifestyle. At each new year, we typically make a promise to change up our lifestyle. When 2020 began, it seemed as if many people were taken aback by just how much their lives began to transform. Living in a pandemic brought about extreme lifestyle shifts, as normalcy quickly became irrelevant. Physical changes were apparent as everyone navigated life under lockdown. Masks hung right at the door along with keys to our houses, and friends stayed six feet away, and being a homebody suddenly seemed like the only way to be. Lockdown lifestyle was not a change anyone expected, but it was a change to which we all had to quickly adapt. Thank you for spending time with me today. Now let's jump into the interviews from artists featured in the chapter. I photographed some girls as part of my Through the Window project. It seems they spent most of lockdown 1.0 painting their windows, something that was common in the UK. Rainbows everywhere to show solidarity with the National Health Service and to give us hope. At the same time, a few shots show the toll the lockdown was taking on the children. Days are long for young ones, months feel like years, and they miss their friends, their family, and their freedom. My name is Claire Beatty. I have a business here in the UK called Unscripted Photography, and I specialize in um, primarily documentary photography across the board, whether it's um, families, commercial work, or weddings. Um, my biggest passion is photographing families and I love nothing more than to spend an entire day with them from the moment they wake up to when they go to bed, just documenting every tiny little moment that ordinarily goes forgotten or missed. Um, but in 20 years time, we, will, we would love to go back and just relive it all again. So that's just kind of brought back the memory, actually, I kind of forgotten about it. Um, but Lily and I decided uh, things had opened up a little bit more in the UK when this day happened. And I took her to the Sea Life Centre. Um, it's not the biggest thing. It's certainly nothing like what you have in America. Um, but there's, you know, fish and there's lots of seals. We have a really lovely seal sanctuary um, on the Northumberland coast. The seals are, are pretty wild there. Um, so we visited there just... Uh, Lily and I and uh, spent the morning looking at all the fish watched all the baby seals and then we went to have lunch at the the local coffee shop and had a little walk, uh, walk down to the beach and funny enough one of my favorite memories of the day and I wish I had this moment photographed was uh, Lily's first time witnessing a half naked quite nice looking man running down the beach and she was only mm, 18 months I think at the time so she wasn't you know, she didn't have many words, but she watched him, she stopped, she stared at him as she walked by her eyes, followed him and she went, oh, nice. <laughs> like, that's my daughter. <laughs> um, but we just had a lovely day. It wasn't particularly warm. We just spent the day kind of throwing stones into the sea. She dug some holes, made some sandcastles and just started to enjoy our freedom that we I suppose we all thought that we were going to have again. And then obviously, you know, we got shut down. So little did we know that 
2021 was just going to be a repeat again. Um, I'm pretty sure we thought we were coming to the end of all of the, the lockdowns and the nonsense. We had no idea that it was going to kind of become like a yearly thing at Christmas. And obviously, we've been quite lucky in the UK that we definitely haven't shut down as much as a lot of the other countries. But um, it's still been very frustrating. And I do, I feel for my daughter that she's missed out on so much that my son had, um, especially from the social aspect of, you know, the early years. And she's been lucky that she's had her older brother to at least learn from and um, experience things with right in the garden and so on but there's so many other children who are perhaps first babies during lockdowns that have, have really led quite sheltered lives and I fear for those guys when they go to preschools and kind of out into the big world they're going to be a bit shocked <laughs> So yes, my, my love of photography really developed when um, Harry was born. And um, I just enjoyed not, you know, necessarily taking portraits or, you know, still photographs, more just him enjoying life and learning. It was all the little details. It was the relationships as they were growing between myself and my husband um, watching him grow and, I was trying to document his life for myself because I knew how quickly it was going to go. Um, and I think that's kind of, my friends noticed that I was taking photographs in a different way than what was at that point was quite traditional. You know, you would take your child to a studio and have a portrait taken and they would, they would see that what I was trying to capture was more like memories. And I know in, in the States, this was eight years ago, in America, there was quite a few family documentary photographers around at the time, but in the UK, it was really quite unheard of. There was a few um, down south, but but certainly not up here where I live. So yeah, so down south, it was starting to become not popular, but more people were, you know, understanding what it was. But up in the U in the north, um, trying to explain to families like I would come into your house and just document your day. Um, and take you know just all of the what we what we take for granted what we think is boring but actually when you look back in 20 years it's actually really exciting or interesting or it's the moments that you really miss so that's kind of how my my business grew um, and I still I enjoy it today I spent a day um, a, a couple of hours with a family the five children all homeschooled so Covid meant no difference to them really because they were homeschooled before then and they still homeschool now um but it was just interesting talking to a mother of five children who chooses to homeschool whereas I you know felt quite pressured during the homeschooling period here in England um I couldn't understand why she would want to do it compared with me I was like oh you know a couple of months was hard enough especially with juggling work and things um but it was fascinating just watching her let things go, how her house was, how she managed five kids, how the husband was on board with it as well, completely supported her. But just, you know, going into people's houses and documenting their lives and then obviously she'll get her gallery. And then that's today, you know, that's been encapsulated for her and she'll be able to keep that forever as a little time capsule. It's quite precious. Where do you think the best place for families and or moms uh, to store all these images and organize all that information for their children? I, I definitely don't think that people should keep their photographs in the digital world. 
I just, one day I fear that a meteor is going to come and it's going to like suck all of the digital cloud away and we'll be, you know, oh no, we've got nothing on our phones. So personally, I think even if you just print them and put them in a shoebox under the bed, you know, unless a fire or a flood hits, they're safe and they're going to get handed down for generations. But I think a photo book is probably the best way to immortalize anything. And, you know, for our own generations, you know, you, you, you get, I think it's really lovely, you know, photographs get handed on and they become family heirlooms. Whereas a photograph on a phone, you know, who's going to know your password and who's going to, you know, is the phone really going to work, you know, in 10 years time, if it's the last phone you have when you die. That, you know, that doesn't mean anything when that gets passed down in a will, but the family, you know, the wedding albums, the family um, Christmas albums, if you're, you know, lucky enough to put an album together every year, that's, that's priceless in my view. Even if you don't know who the people are, you know, if you just know that they're slightly related to you, that's, that's nice enough. And I think that's where documentary- write Anything on the back of it for metadata, anything to- know what the date is and oh yeah it's lovely I mean if you can put together like a photo book and then you you write down some dates and things in it that's great or yeah if your grandparents wrote down the names of who the people are in the photos that's just an added bonus definitely um but I think one of the the nice things about taking documentary photographs instead of just the standard portrait mm. you don't see who the person was it's just it's just them Whereas if you take a photograph of, you know, like environmental portrait, you can really understand who the person was. And you can, you know, you put together a whole story about, you know, where they lived, what they did, how they felt in that moment. You know, somebody in a white studio, especially if they're wearing clothes that their mum chose for them or something, that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't tell you any story, really. I much prefer the, you know, the environmental portrait or that the in the moment photograph that really explains who they are how they felt is there something emotional that happened to you that makes you feel so passionate about this um I think probably just becoming a mother I think I I realized I didn't know I was going to have a second child I thought I was only going to have one and I very quickly realized after Harry was maybe what three months old I thought blimey this this time is going so fast and everyone always says that the days are really long, but the years are short. And it's so true. And all of a sudden, your baby is eight years old. And you think, wow, how did that happen? And I already regret not photographing certain things. And I just think everyone should be doing it. And I know it sounds crazy that you should document every moment of every day. And maybe I am more obscene than some people. But I know that in 20 years time, to go through those photographs, to go through those videos will mean so much to me. And I also think that a lot of my own childhood memories, they're not necessarily really memories, they're memories that I've put together from the photographs that I've seen my, that my parents took. So that for me shows how strong photography and video is. And I, I kind of wish that there was more video of me as a kid to hear my voice, to see how I walked, that sort of thing. Photos tell you so much, but video in some ways can be much stronger. All right, I hope you enjoyed that last episode and learned something new. Don't forget to tune in to the next episode to see what other crazy, incredible, creative, 
and empowering lessons you can learn from the photos in this book.